And welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Delzell and myself, Sonny, them talk about the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective, and there's a lot going on in the world. And Dan, a lot of it stems from ourselves. I mean, what I mean by that is that, you know, oftentimes we talk about influences. What influences us? That influence could be then what we use to create judgment about something, that influence could be what we then decide how we're going to react towards something, that influence could be what we believe. You know, as Christians, we are out there trying to not necessarily influence, but we're trying to just spread the message of the gospel of Jesus' love and his saving grace and his uh, death at the cross and the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And so we try to share that with others out there, hoping that they will then take that information and then, God work on their heart and believe that information. So we have influences that range from spiritual influences, religious influences, you know, music influences. You know, a lot of kids are listening to music based on what friends listen to, maybe what parents listen to, um, you know, clothing influences. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's endless. And oftentimes, some of it could be idle. You know, it's just idle goodness. Like if you are looking at things for clothes, you know, it's probably neutral, nothing good, nothing bad. But then other times when it comes to matters of the heart, when it comes to matters of emotion, when it comes to matters of like being judgmental and some of those things, the influences that we have, what we fill our heart and what we fill our mind with can be something that then is what produces our fruit in which then people see what kind of person we are. And it goes from there. And so I thought that's something that we can kind of talk about is, you know, what do we do? What do we allow into our hearts and into our minds to influence us, to influence us, us into what we think, what we believe, how we act, and things like that? Yeah, it's such an important topic, isn't it, son? You know, I, I always think about Proverbs 4.23 that says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And I, I think... Everybody realizes that what goes on in your heart tends to fill your life. Um, you know, I know my wife, Tammy, you know, she has loved to cook uh, all 31 plus years of our marriage. She just, you know, uh, can't seem to get enough cooking. And uh, she would do it all day if she could. And she's had some, you know, jobs over the years where, where she's uh, been cooking during the day and uh, but always doing cooking here at home. And of course, you know, the ingredients are so important. Uh, what what goes into a particular dish? What goes into, you know, what she's making? And, uh, you know, the same is true with our own lives, our own minds, our own hearts. You know, what ingredients am I putting into that batch today? Because um, the outcome of that is, is, is either going to uh, taste good uh, or it won't. It's either going to please the Lord or it won't. Uh, it's either going to satisfy my soul uh, or or it won't, and and we know as Christians that um, when we are when we are thinking things that are in line with God's will for us, um, there's much more peace, and we know that that pleases the Lord. And when we are thinking about things uh, that are not in line with God's will, then it does just the opposite. So I think about the ingredients that we. Um, 
put into the mix every day. And this, of course, uh, is such a, a challenging area. You know, the battleground is the mind. Um, and, you know, these battles are going on every day. And we live in a society where we've got messages coming at us constantly. Uh, and, and yet, you know, as it says in the New Testament, we're able to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So that's the goal. That's the aim. Obviously, we don't always succeed at that, but that's what we're aiming at. And by God's grace, you know, the more often that we're able to take those thoughts captive, um, making them obedient to Christ, um, you know, rejecting the thoughts that are not coming from the Lord, that are not uh, in line with his will, that that's just like a 24-7 challenge, isn't it? Uh, but but by the grace of God, he helps us. And um, the, the more that we're able to set our minds on the things of the Lord, uh, the more peace we have. And the more, as you said, you used the word fruit here a moment ago, son, the more fruit of the Holy Spirit, of course, that gets produced in our hearts and in our lives. You know, one of the things that came to mind as, you know, I was thinking about this and, you know, you wrote an article on this matter on the ChristianPost.com website. But one of the things that came to mind as I was looking it over was a song from Petra. And it's their computer brains. It's off their Beat the System album. And it talks about computer brains put garbage in. Computer brains get garbage out. Computer brains programming you. Computer brains, what can you do? And it talks about breaking out, breaking out, breaking out. But that's so true. I mean, it's like the garbage. If we put garbage in, we're going to have garbage that comes out. If we have goodness that comes in, it's goodness comes out. And it's what we allow to influence us, what we allow to let influence us is what we're going to come out of us so you know recently not to get into it because i know we've talked about it many times but just as an example there was a lot of hate a lot of anger especially on social media a lot of vitriol a lot of just like crazed insanity that was coming out of people's mouths and their actions of wanting to burn things down march in the streets over you know the supreme court's ruling of roe v way and so, of course, it's a politically, it's a political hotbed issue. But I mean, you take a look at the response of people, you know, just the anger, the vitriol, the wanting to go and burn the justices house down, the assassination attempt, wanting to burn churches down, you know, and you're starting to see this. So obviously you would have to conclude based on their actions and what's coming out is that their influences, that the things that they're putting their mind, on the things that's filling their heart and soul is probably things that aren't going to do them very good. Well, that's exactly right. They are angry, as you say, son, over something that if they really stopped and thought about it, you know, I wonder how many of those people who, who became angry over that Supreme Court ruling, I wonder how many of them have, have ever felt anger at the times when uh, babies have been aborted, uh, especially, let's say, babies who have, who have felt pain. You know, they say that after 20 weeks, I mean, the baby can definitely feel pain, the preborn baby. Uh, they're in the womb. Uh, in, in fact, there were, um, there was a law that, uh, you know, put into effect in a number of states now, the, the Pain Capable Protection Act, uh, you know, to protect um, the unborn, especially after 20 weeks. But I wonder how many, uh, not all politicians, of course, supported that. You know, there were those who did not. Uh, but I wonder how many of those who were angry at this ruling have stopped to think about, you know, how would I like to be 
what if that had been me in the womb? You know, what if they'd been coming after me uh, to take my life? Um, and so not only the pain of that, obviously, for the child, but then just the end of the child's life. So, you know, I think those who are emotional about this issue would be wise to realize that God is the author of life that God wants to protect life, that adoption is a beautiful option. And, and yet, you know, we don't, we don't think straight many times because of our sin. Um, we think only of ourselves, uh, not of the unborn uh, children, not of maybe those people who are being oppressed in other situations. So it's very easy for us to uh, become selfish. Selfishness can, can drive our anger. Um, and then if a, if a political issue doesn't seem to go our way, and if we're not guarding our heart, um, you know, that's a great example of just anger and even hatred welling up. But for what? You know, I mean, the, the, the babies deserve protection. And, and you would hope that uh, more and more people would, would realize that. And so, um, you know, the prayers of millions of, of Christians, uh, it was an, these prayers were answered by the Supreme Court ruling. Um, but as you say, son, it certainly uh, stirred up a hornet's nest uh, among those who, you know, look, look at this from a, from a different, uh, different perspective. You know, Dan, if anybody... I guess had the, I don't want to say right, but maybe the right to be angry, to want to exact revenge, to go after those that were persecuting him would be Jesus. I mean, Jesus did nothing, right? I mean, he did nothing and he was accused of all these things. And then he was crucified, hung on a cross, beaten, all that. Now his anger and his vengeance could have been, I'm going to come down off this cross and wipe everybody out. So if anybody really had a beef to pick with the people that were afflicting him, it would be Jesus. But instead, what did Jesus do? He knew that his purpose was to die on the cross, to shed his blood, to rise again so that we can be saved and spend eternity with him. So again, you want to throw out that, you know, what would Jesus do type of thing? Well, what Jesus did was he took that upon himself, and instead of becoming this worldly person and going out and exacting revenge on those that were wrongly persecuting him, wrongly accusing him, he took the ultimate and died for us and gave us that ultimate gift. So he paid the ultimate price to give us the ultimate gift so that we can have freedom through him from our sins and spend all eternity. So if we look at it from that perspective, you know, talk about you know renewing our mind and being transformed from the world, like Romans twelve two says. You know, if we look at it through that way, then if we're in Christ and if we're being influenced by biblical things, you know, we take a look at the world through a biblical perspective. If we're taking a look at things with a biblical perspective, and we see that's what Jesus was doing when he had every right, I guess you could say, to want to exact revenge because he didn't do anything. He was the innocence of innocence, and yet he took it upon himself to make sure that he did the right thing so that we could be saved. So if we were going to take that mindset we would probably change a lot of things that we would that we do towards other people and our thoughts and our actions if we took that mindset that Jesus had going to the cross. Yeah, I definitely believe that is true, Son. And it is so unnatural, of course, to do what Jesus did. Um, our our nature uh, leads us to just respond in kind. If somebody treats us poorly, then we're going to treat them poorly. Um, if somebody persecutes us, then we're going to, you know, get back at them. But like you say, Jesus did just the opposite. 
And not only that, but then he taught his followers to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And, you know, Christianity is not easy, especially in those countries where there is intense persecution, because Christianity does not give a believer the right to lash out at at, at the oppressors. Um, you know, there are other religions that claim they, they have the right to do that or even the calling to do that. Well, Christianity um, is, is the truth from heaven, the message of salvation, uh, the message of God sending his only son uh, when we didn't deserve it, but to die for our sins on the cross. And then the Lord says to all who accept him as Savior and as Lord, say, now you go and do likewise. Um, go and, and, you know, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And, and that is not natural. That is not easy. Um, you know, the only way that can really be done is by God's grace and supernatural love uh, and, and power, because we just don't have it. We don't have that ability. We don't have that kind of love or compassion. Uh, many times, even for, you know, people who aren't our enemies, let alone those who are our enemies. So we need the supernatural love of God to fill our heart. And that can only happen, uh, you know, after we accept Christ as our Savior and, and rely upon his death on the cross for our forgiveness. And then as we, by God's grace, yield our, our hearts and our thoughts, our lives and our minds to the control of the Holy Spirit, uh, to be led by the Holy Spirit, because as it says in Romans, the mind of sinful man is death. Uh, you know, the, the, the mind that is, is led by sin is death, but, but the mind controlled by the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, is life and peace. So Jesus uh, lived a perfect life, never sinning even one time, uh, died for us who are sinners, and now he uh, calls people to repent and believe the good news. And once a person has done that, once they've entered God's family through faith in the Messiah, in Jesus, uh, then the real hard work begins uh, for us. You know, Jesus has already done the hard work that, that needed to be done for our salvation. But the hard work for us now is living the Christian life and saying no uh, to any natural impulses, sinful desires that well up within us. And what we're talking about today, one of the things is just, you know, when those uh, impulses have to do with uh, maybe, you know, lashing out at someone, um, you know, getting angry. How do we respond then if maybe something doesn't go our way in the country or with politics or in our personal life or on the job or with the family member? You know, how are we to respond? And the Lord definitely lays out, you know, what he wants from his his children, from his people. Um, and, and, and that he, he wants us to respond in ways that are loving and kind and forgiving and compassionate, uh, to which we say, Lord, I can't do that. And the Lord says, no, of course you can't, but I'll do it through you. Um, but what the Lord does call us to do is say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. In fact, in Titus, it says the grace of God teaches us to say no to those things. And so that's a that's an ongoing uh, journey for us as believers every day. Um, you know, this side of heaven will we'll, we'll never stop being challenged by that need to say no 
to ungodliness and worldly passions, um, to say no to a hard heart and an unforgiving heart, uh, rather than, you know, as Billy Graham's uh, wife, Ruth, used to say, uh, you know, pray for thick skin and a soft heart. Because without thick skin, you know, people are going to just um, really be able to pull us down uh, when they come against us uh, with their words or their actions. Uh, we need thick skin and then we need a soft heart. So that rather than holding a grudge against uh, those who may oppose us, uh, that, that our hearts remain soft uh, toward the Lord and, and, and even toward them. So that's tough stuff. Uh, it's no wonder, son, there are so many people today who want nothing to do with Christianity. It's not easy. But what many people don't realize, son, is that as difficult as it is to live as a faithful Christian today, uh, especially in countries where there's persecution, as difficult as that is, it's not nearly as difficult as what people find on the other side of the grave in that place where, where Jesus said there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, in, in that place where Jesus said the fire never goes out um, and everyone will be salted with fire. So heaven and hell are both real places. And what we find is that this life is not easy in various aspects, but eternity is extreme. Uh, extreme for the good and the joyful in heaven. Extreme with the agony and the torment in hell. And Jesus cut through it all when he went to the cross and, and died for our sins. And, you know, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if we start to think, well, boy, this is just too tough here to be a Christian, we need to remember, well, what's the alternative? Um, take the attitude that so many take today, and that's, I want nothing to do with Christ. It's too hard. It's, it's this or that. Well, um, you know, the only other alternative to following Christ is dying and standing before God on judgment day and being told, you know, by the Lord, depart from me. I never knew you. And, and there are no more horrible words to hear from God than those words that so many will hear the Lord say, you know, depart from me. Because when that happens son, for a person, there's no coming back from that. You know, there are no do overs. Uh, you know, you, you, you can't go and pray on it now for a while. I mean, once the Lord says, depart from me, that's it. Um, and you know, we hear stories all the time of, of people who are like serving prison terms, uh, for things that they've done. Well, Jesus spoke about a prison, uh, that people never get out of. They never, um, get paroled. They never leave, uh, the prison of hell. And this is why the Lord was so serious when he spoke about heaven and hell, uh, because these are real places. Um, people are entering them. I mean, just while we're having this podcast, um, hundreds, even thousands of people around the world will enter into eternity. And there are only two places the soul can go after death, either heaven or hell. And, and just right now, uh, right as we're, you know, saying these words that we're sharing here on this podcast on people are slipping into they're they're dying. Their, their souls are leaving their body right now, right as we speak. And, and some of them, you know, some of them uh, will have known the Lord, and, and, and it's going to be a very joyful thing. Others of them 
are dying apart from Christ. And it's, it's a very horrible thing that they're realizing. And some of those uh, were, were people who maybe made fun of the message, uh, or they just completely ignored it. Or maybe they were taught a little bit when they were a child, but then they said, oh, you know, that's just for children, not for me. You know, that's for Sunday school. That's for vacation Bible school, whatever. That's not for me. And so they lived their life, and maybe they were very successful in life. And maybe they made lots of money. But 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 maybe here, you know, right here as we as we are in this podcast today, son, on this very day, this very hour, um, I wonder how many of them uh, are just waking up this moment to the reality of eternity. And maybe they were 90 years old, but now they're more alert than they've ever been. Because when you leave this world, you're not groggy. The last thing you are is groggy. Um, your memory, I mean, your uh, awareness, your memory, everything, it is uh, fully loaded in a way that you've never known. And your senses are heightened. I mean, why else would Jesus have spoken about, um, you know, how fantastic heaven is and how terrible hell is? I mean, these places are real. And I just saw a headline, I didn't read the article, but I saw a headline, son. I believe uh, there was a former mobster who's a believer now who spoke at Greg Laurie's church here recently. And I just saw the headline where uh, I guess he he was trying to really tell people to, you know, take um, take very seriously the reality of, of being punished in hell forever. Take that very seriously if you're, if you're not a Christian, because this is not a game. Um, this is not a joke. This is happening. Um, people are, are just suffering terribly in hell. Um, but you can't get out of there. Um, you can't be prayed out of there. Um, the Bible says nothing about purgatory. There is no such place. There's only heaven and hell. And so, don't rely, don't, don't assume that you're going to be able to make up for your sins after you die. It won't happen. The only way to be forgiven is to put all of your faith in Christ today, not in your church, not in your religion, in Christ, not in your deeds, but in Christ. And that's the only way, you know, and, and if you're not sure how to do it, just say, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. And you could say that right now, my friend, if you're listening and you're wondering, yeah, I, I, I hope I'm going to heaven. Well, you want to be sure? Just call on Jesus today. Say, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood and mean it and repent of your sin and turn to the Lord. Um, if you really want to go to heaven and you really don't want to go to hell, which I'm guessing is the case, well, then you'll need to take the word of God seriously. Um, and, and it begins by entering a relationship with Christ and there are no promises that you're going to have an easy life here, but there are all sorts of promises that once you die and go to heaven, it's going to be, it's going to be a piece of cake from then on nothing but extreme joy and happiness and worship and fellowship and everything. I mean, way beyond anything you've ever known, whereas hell is, is far worse than, than, than what people even even imagine. So, so son, yes, what a what an important topic. And I'm glad you made reference to those who are angry about the abortion uh, decision of the Supreme Court because they really need to talk to the Lord about their anger and ask God what He thinks about all those babies who were aborted. Um, and I do believe, son, that those aborted babies uh, are in heaven. I do believe that. Um, that's. You know that that's above our pay grade, right? But um, you know, it's it's it certainly is a very uh, 
sobering thing to think about, isn't it? It definitely is. And, you know, Dan, one of the things that is the hardest thing to do, I mean, we live in such a sexualized world. We love, we live in such a violent world. We live in a world where we're inundated with such negative things, whether it's, you know, now it's an LGBT society. Everybody is, uh, you know, all the TV shows, the, the movies, the cartoons. I think Buzz Lightyear had a, you know, a, a, a male on male kiss for their characters, you know, new Buzz Lightyear animated movie that's out. Um, you know, so we live in such a world. And we look at Philippians 4a, it talks about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And when you look at the world, you know, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. It's hard to really find things that we can fill our minds with that keep us completely guarded from the world behind. I mean, it's gotten a lot worse, I think, as time goes by, the world that we're living in, because there's so much more access to things and so much more access to what we would call evil in the world. I mean, you know, you're either, you can't serve two masters, right? You're either serving God or you're serving Satan. And so when you got social media involved, when you've got, you know, agendas from school districts, you know, there's a lot of things that people will put, you know, kids out into the world and then they have to entrust their kid into teachers and other people, coaches, you know, and organizational leaders of different groups, you know. And we found out that even like in the church, the Catholic church, there was a big, you know, conspiracy when it came to, uh, you know, molesting boys. And you take a look at other areas. And so it's really hard to be in this world and be able to protect yourself and keep those influences. So my point is, is that it really takes a lot of practice, it takes extra effort, and it probably takes a little creativity and ingenuity to get yourself into a situation that is guarding your mind from the evils of this world and yet filling it with all those things that Philippians 4, 8 talks about. I think that's right, Son, and, and uh, I like to think about it uh, as very similar to what happens when we as human beings have a remote control for a television or when we're sitting in front of our computer or maybe on our phone on the Internet, either way, um, or a laptop, you know. Um, you know, we have control over the clicker. We have control over what channel we're going to allow uh, on our television. And we can either leave it on a, on a particular station or we can turn that station. And the same is true with the web website, with the Internet. You know, we can either click on, on certain uh, pages to go to those and then, um, you know, absorb that. Or we can we can go to something else. And and it's very much that way with the mind, because, of course, both of those examples involve, obviously, the mind. They involve the visual uh, as well as the mental uh, involvement of our of our mind, our heart, our soul. And so as we learn as Christians how to take every thought captive and how to um, think about those things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Um, it, it, it calls for us to change the channel and, and not, not to, you know, intentionally go to certain channels. Now, if, if something pops into our mind or comes at us from the world and maybe even from one of these uh, things like television or the internet or our tele, our, our tele, uh, or our iPhone or whatever, our smartphone. If something comes at us that's not godly, we get to choose. 
um, am I going to turn away from this? Am I going to go to something else? Or am I going to um, fill my mind with this? And, you know, a lot of times, Tucson, it's not just uh, maybe things that are, you know, obviously sinful, ungodly things to focus on. But other times it's just kind of like the um, the trivia of the day, you know, because the media, of course, so many media outlets, I mean, in order to make money, um, they, they need to highlight those things that they think people will click on or or or, or watch. And so many times it's about a famous person and what that famous person is going through. But, but you know, uh, there, there's more than, uh, I mean, way more uh, trivial stories that we could ever even check out in a given day if we're interested in that sort of a thing, if we have time for that sort of a thing. But I guess the question for the Christian is, do we ever have time to let that dominate our thinking when the Word of God is available? And, um, you know, God's plan for us is available. I mean, how much time can we really invest or should we ever invest in, in just the human interest stories of the day? You know, what, what, what kind of you, you don't hear about it so much today, but what people would call maybe the National Enquirer, Enquirer stories or, you know, you, you have so many things today on the Internet with just stories about, you know, these famous people or, or you know, these actors or actresses or celebrities, you know, these uh, athletes. And, and and so that a lot of that stuff I would say son is like cotton candy for the soul. Um, it does. It, there's there's no nourishment in it. And then of course there's a lot of other stuff out there that even takes it. Uh, it's much darker um, and uh, much more addictive or or much more ungodly. Uh, but 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 on the other hand, when we turn to the Bible, um, we we have so much purity. We have so much power, so much food for the soul. And this, of course, is what God wants us to do to train ourselves uh, and and to make the word of God our delight and to feed our minds and feed our souls. You know, I wrote a couple articles. Uh, we, we, we may have done a podcast, I'm sure, probably on them some, but uh, you, you'll probably remember them. One here, maybe within recent years, it was entitled, Eat Until You Were Hungry and Drink Until You Were Thirsty. Um, and I said, it's just the opposite as, as it is like with our bodies. Um, if, if you don't have a hunger for the Word of God, then start eating it until you get a hunger. If you're not thirsty for more of the Holy Spirit's filling in your life, then start drinking. Start praying uh, for God to fill you with the Spirit. Start asking the Lord for more, uh, more power, more of God's um, just joy and purpose and peace in your life through the Holy Spirit. So drink until you're thirsty. Eat until you're hungry. Um, this is this is really what the Christian life uh, involves, uh, keeping our focus on those things in a world, as you said, son, where there are so many other distractions and things around us. Uh, if we just kind of um, go with the flow, if we just go with whatever channel our television happens to be on or our, uh, whatever things pop up on the internet that look interesting, or maybe, um, uh, you know, are tempting. Um, if we just go with whatever our flesh wants, um, then our mind and our heart will not be guarded. Uh, just the opposite. Uh, we might even find ourselves becoming addicted to uh, cotton candy for the soul or worse than that even. You know, addicted to things that are um, immoral on, on multiple levels. So um, it is a challenge uh, to be sure, but it certainly is not impossible. 
Um, you know, we as, as Christians, the Bible says, find out what pleases the Lord. And, um, you know, that's, it's very doable. It's very doable, but it does take a concentrated effort, just like anything in life. So, I mean, I don't know anything in life where you can really succeed at it without a uh, concentrated effort. So that that's what I believe Christians are being called for. All of us today are being called to do. And maybe it begins by just concentrating on our own life and not getting distracted by focusing on the sins of others or, or judging them or looking down on others for their sins, because that's always what Satan's you know plan is. He, he wants us to focus on somebody else's sin rather than our own. And of course, that just messes us up with pride and self-righteousness and uh, judgmental attitude, you know, and, and that, none of that is of the Lord. So, you know, there are lots of pitfalls out there, lots of landmines, but um, remember, heaven is our home. You know, we're not going to hear the Lord say, depart from me, I never knew you. Uh, those of us who've been washed by the blood of Jesus through faith, we're not going to hear those words, you know. Instead, you know, the Lord says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Um, and he welcomes us into heaven, not because of our righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Christ, our Savior, and his sacrifice on the cross. So that's what we have waiting for us. Um, and in the meantime, um, we're to not give up. Uh, and by God's grace, we are to keep our focus on the Lord and his word. And, uh, you know, and I'll just say one more thing, son, and that is, you know, in this day when so many have given up on um, attending church after COVID, um, boy, that sure is Satan's plan to, to isolate believers, get them uh, away from other believers. Because there's so much power, so much power when Christians gather together uh, around what I like to call the big four and actually. 242, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so in the early church, you know, every Sunday, they, and, and even more than that, too, but every Sunday, they would they would hear the word. Um, they would pray together. They would celebrate the Lord's Supper together. They would uh, uh, be in fellowship with one another. And then, of course, during the week as well. But um, we're, we're seeing many uh, be tempted to step aside from that song. Some, you know, some, you know, they, they put sports uh, in, in, uh, in, in place of that. Uh, and it's just really uh, disheartening to see how many sports leagues, even for children, have just, um, you know, started to schedule things on Sunday morning, whereas that used to be a time that was reserved for uh, families to worship the Lord together. But, uh, but again, as our society has moved uh, uh, away from that into more of a secular mindset, um, you see fewer people who are really setting that time aside. And so, I mean, that's just one of many examples of, of things in, in the society as a whole that have moved away from really a focus on, uh, you know, the Bible and, and on uh, uh, Christian faith. Although we can certainly give thanks for this uh, Roe v. Wade uh, decision by the Supreme Court, because now for decades, nearly five decades, you know, millions of Christians have been praying, Lord, uh, save the babies, save the unborn, uh, overturn that, uh, that, that ruling that the Supreme Court had made in Roe v. Wade. And, and, and we finally now have seen uh, answers to that prayer sign here decades later. So, you know, there is a spiritual battle always going on in every nation, including America. And even with these challenges that we're seeing post-COVID now, um, hey, this, this was a good thing. Uh, this was a good, a, a good decision. 
but it was while the Supreme Court was was ruled by people living in a spiritual fog, where you also saw things happen, even with the institution of marriage. You know, our nation has been so deceived. Um, so many people have been so deceived into thinking that, that that somehow you can have marriage, you know, between two people of the same sex. That's that's not marriage. Um, that's never God's plan. Uh, it doesn't mean that, that uh, you know, a person who is um, engaged in homosexual behavior is a bigger sinner than an adulterer or a fornicator. Um, but, but none of those things are God's plan. God's plan is marriage for sex in marriage between a man and a woman. But and that's just one example in our society of, of what happens when, when you lose sight of, of what God's plan is. And, and then you actually become proud you, 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 you start saying, we're going to be proud of, of, of this other approach. And, uh, we'll be proud of the pornography that, um, that we're publishing. We're going to be proud of, of, um, you know, an open marriage, uh, idea. And, you know, that became, you know, that was in the news a lot with Will Smith, uh, you know, and, and how he and his wife, you know, were, were, uh, I guess practicing an open marriage. Well, all of these things, it doesn't mean they're bigger sinners than, than any of us. It just means that's the society that we live in now. Where, where these things that would have never been publicly spoken of, not, not to say they, none of them were going on, but would not have been publicly spoken of here, you know, maybe 50 years ago. Now, uh, people brag about it. Um, but again, son, we have to bring it back to him. We're all sinners and we're all guilty. But everybody that we're mentioning here, including us, I mean, all of us, we're all going to stand before the Lord one day. And it's either depart from me, I never knew you. Or well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the only way to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, is to be in faith, uh, to have faith in Christ, to accept Christ. Otherwise, there's no way. You can't be religious enough. You can't be holy enough. You can't be good enough. You've got to repent and believe the good news. You've got to say, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood or something to that effect where you're putting your faith in the cross and in the blood. And every listener today, son, who's listening to this podcast has that opportunity right now in their heart, not to focus on somebody else's sin, not to focus on, oh, you know, those bad Christians or those bad atheists or, uh, you know, those bad Baptists or those bad Mormons or those bad Muslims. No, my friend, how about you? What about you? It's not bad anyone. It's between you and God. And when you stand before God on Judgment Day, it's not going to be what you thought about those other people, good or bad, whatever you thought about them. All that's going to matter is what you did with Jesus. That's why you're you're able to hear this podcast right now. Because God loved me enough and son enough and you enough so that we could um, have this conversation. And so what are you going to do with Jesus here in this moment? Yes or no to Jesus? And just remember now, okay, if you say no to him in this moment, it's going to make your heart a little bit harder toward him, which is going to make it a little bit harder to ever believe in him. Because this may be the closest opportunity you have for the rest of your life to accept Christ as your Savior. Say, oh, I'll put it off. I don't, I, I caution against that. Um, millions of people in hell today said, I'll put it off. I'll put it off. And you know what? They never got around to it because their hearts became a little bit harder when they put it off. And every time they put it off, became so, so it's so important today that you act on what you're hearing. Eh, that was a good podcast. That was a nice, well, okay, good or bad, whatever you think about it. The question is, are you going to act on this?
And I highly encourage it because God wants you in heaven. Christ died for your sins. But if you refuse to repent and you refuse to trust Christ as your Savior, then you leave God um, no other option. Because your sin's going to get paid for one way or the other. You're either going to bring it to Christ and and bring it to the cross where he died for your sins, or you're going to say, nope, I don't want that. Uh, at which point then you'll be forced to pay for your own sins. And, and you know how that gets done? Because you have an immortal soul that gets done in hell, the prison of hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I know you might be someone who says, oh, I don't believe in any of that. You know what? doesn't matter in that sense, whether you believe in it, it doesn't, doesn't make it false. Um, well, I don't believe in heaven. Well, in that sense, it doesn't matter. It, you know, your belief about heaven and hell don't change that they're real places. And, and so God loves you. Christ died for you. Um, there is a way to be saved today if you will humble yourself at the foot of the cross. And this son, I think, kind of just comes back around to kind of where, where we've started, what we're talking about here today, um, with just this idea of what am I going to let in my heart, you know? <laughs> because if, if, I, if I don't go to God's Word, if I don't go to the Gospel and get that in my heart, I mean, I, I mean, it's not, you and I both know people who they're angry. They're angry about politics, either because they're on the right or the left, and they're just angry. And I, I shudder to think how many people are going to go to their grave angry about the politics of their nation, but not angry enough about their own sin to bring it to God in repentance. You know, it, it's just so tragic. But, you know, it is what it is. And I'm just thankful that, you know, we can we can talk about these things. And, and they, first of all, we can know Christ the way you and I do. And, and every believer in the world, all over the world, black, white, red, yellow, young, old. I mean, you know, uh, whether they were raised in a Christian home or not. Some were raised atheists. Some were raised Muslims. Some were raised, you know, uh Presbyterian. I mean, whatever you were raised, it's not about that. It's about what's in your heart today. And if you want God in your heart, then ask Christ to come in and he'll do that. So, um, Anyway, son, I'm going to throw it back to you here. Well, that was uh, that, maybe longer than I had planned on going. So well, anyway. The other thing, too, Dan, when you think about it, okay, you, you bring up the political aspect of it. And let's just take it to something that isn't necessarily a sin, okay, for example. So, okay, abortion, we look at it, and it has some some very sinful um, ramifications, okay, that people look at it from a Christian perspective. You know, people will say, oh, if you have an abortion, that's sinful. You know, if you do this, it's sinful. If you, you know, do that, it's sinful. If you have, you know, sex outside of marriage, that's sinful. So, again, when you're dealing with the, the, the sexualized society and the sexualized nature of human, uh, of mankind, you know, you look at it from a, a sexual versus a God-approved um situation but what about but what about something like climate change okay so we get this ruling about climate change and not to get into it all crazy but apparently there was a ruling where the environmental protection agency basically has been reined in you know they've been trying to push this you know green agenda and the and this the you know supreme court said you can't it's it's it has to be congress the congress has to make the laws not the epa okay Anyways, so everybody's going nuts about that now. People, I think one of the Supreme Court justices in her dissent wrote that, like, New York is going to fall off into the ocean if we don't have climate change and climate control, you know, and do this Green New Deal and stuff. And so anyways, so when you get to these other type of things where craziness just sets in, 
People forget that God's in control of the planet. God's in control of creation. God created creation. He created mm-hmm. the world. And so even when we fill our minds with biblical principles, we can look at something as climate change, which if you look at it from a Christian perspective, is there really a sin in climate change? I don't know. Um, but you can look at that with reason. We can look at it and be like, you know what? We God has entrusted us to take care of the planet. God has entrusted us to take care of the animals. But God also gave the animals to us so that we can eat. He gave us the ground so that we can grow our food to eat. You know, so if we right. look at it through biblical principles, we mm-hmm. look at the environment. We look at climate change. We look at all this oh. and we understand the intent and purpose behind God's creation. And we don't have to come up with all these nutty and crazy things like AOC out there telling us how we're all going to be dead in 10 years. But yet they've been telling us that for 50 years that we're dead in 10 years because the sun's going to burn out or whatever. So again, even if you take it out of like that sinful area of our lives that people look upon and just in general everyday things, I mean, fossil fuels, are they good or they bad? Well, there's a reason why they were created. Now, that doesn't mean that we should abuse the planet. That doesn't mean that we should pollute everything. That doesn't mean God entrusted us to take care of his creation. So if someone, let's say, you know, people have kids and the kids want to use the car. You give them the keys and trusting them that they're going to take care of the car while it's in their possession. Or if you're at work, you know, somebody's entrusting you with the keys to the workplace and to do your job and, you know, so on and so forth. So even in those type of situations, we're not going to get caught up in all the crazy lunacy and these fairy tale things thinking that, oh, mankind is in control of something that they have absolutely no control over as far as the eternity of climate control, the way that the globe is going to be in a number of years, because God has it all under control anyways, and his purpose and his reason for things are already there. And in fact, when it comes right down to it, when he comes back, he's not going to be so kind to this place because he's going to give us a better place. Yeah, and you know what I think of Son is you'll you'll hear sometimes you know you'll hear some Christians uh, you know talk about how um, you know we are called to be good stewards of what we've been given with the planet. I mean, hey, great. I mean, you know, you know, I would say to a person, whatever you're led to do to fight pollution, whatever you're led to do to um, try to make the planet. Um, you know, a, a, a better place in, in that sense, um, then, hey, if, if that's your calling, you know, uh, who am I to uh, to say don't do that? I mean, we, we thank God for the planet and, and for the animals. And, and uh, so, yeah, whatever you're led to do to work on that and, and, and take care of that. Um, but, but what we also say as, as Christians, we have to say this, is that, you know, saving the planet won't save your soul. And, and, and it's important that we talk about that. Um, saving our planet collectively, you know, uh, won't save any of our souls. Um, so, so from the biblical and Christian perspective, it's not like, well, you know, the Bible is against trying to save the planet. Uh, you know, that that's not something that gets addressed 
hardly at all in the Bible. I mean, you know, people can pull out a few verses and, 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 and talk about us, you know, being good stewards of the planet. Okay, great. I mean, I, I don't think we should be against that as Christians. Uh, you know, there's no reason to, uh, to argue against that. But what we would say is that in the grand scheme of things, uh, I mean, whatever progress you might be able to make on that front, okay, um, what was the focus of Jesus when he was dying on the cross? Was it for souls or was it for this planet to not have so much pollution, which obviously God knew that was coming. Um, even more of it would be coming into the world. Um, so if God wanted Christians today to really obsess over that issue, uh, then you would certainly expect it to be in God's word. But instead, what we see as the focus is that of reaching the lost and discipling the saved. Uh, but there's no message in the Bible that says go out and destroy the planet or ignore the planet or anything like that. I mean, people, you know, I think some of what really kind of happens to some people, um, you know, it's like there's a deep sense within them that um, fire is coming, that destruction is coming. You know, the Bible says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. And and rather, for, I think for some people, rather than turning to God and accepting what the Bible says about heaven and hell and the joy of heaven and the fire of hell and the destruction that, that happens, the everlasting destruction, not annihilation, but everlasting agony for those in hell. I, I, I think maybe what some people do, I mean, they, they're the only ones who could say yay or nay on this, I suppose, but it seems to me what some of them might be doing is is kind of projecting their their deep sense that something really horrible is coming and we need to stop it and we need to fix it. And in a sense, um, they're, they're picking up on something that, that's accurate. The only problem is they don't have the details right. I mean, whatever happens uh, as a result of pollution and climate change, as you said, son, God's in control. I mean, the, the Bible actually says, um, you know, in Peter, that the the, the elements, uh, the earth and everything in it's going to be burned up. The elements are going to melt in the heat. Now, the Bible speaks of a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So many Christians believe that God's going to recreate if you will, the earth and heaven together into this ultimate paradise. Um, you know, that's very hard to wrap our minds around, son. You know, uh, you know, I know there are a lot of Christians that uh, believe, and I, I, I tend to, uh, you know, be much more open to this idea uh, than maybe I would have thought about years ago. And that is, there may be a lot of aspects in heaven that that have more earth-like features than we're, than we're even aware of, but it's on a much higher level. It's a much better, um, you know, uh, earth, if you will. You know, why does the Bible use the term a new heaven and a new earth? You know, what is the new heaven and the new earth? Now, I know in Revelation, you know, it talks about streets of gold and it talks about the new Jerusalem and the city. And, you know, and so, you know, I believe all of that. Um, and I believe everything that, that Revelation says about heaven. Um, will there be, uh, you know, meadows and fields and maybe mountains and streams and water? Very likely, very possibly. You know, you know what I mean? But, but let's just put it this way. We're not going to be disappointed. 
And, and heaven is not going to be sterile, and it's not just going to be this big white room where everybody's sitting around listening to a harp, and and you're 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 desperately looking for a magazine to read because you're bored out of your skull. I mean, that's the opposite of what heaven will be—the new heaven and the new earth, the home of righteousness. But going back to my point, I think that maybe some people are so obsessed about climate change is because deep down they know fire is coming. They know destruction is coming, and all they think about, because that's all they believe at this point, because they haven't seen heaven and hell, all they believe about is this world. So they have a deep sense that something is going to be destroyed, and we need to stop it. So so on that hand, on that hand, you know, we can say, well, you know, you're onto something there. But, but could I share with you some details that Scripture reveals that you and I would have no way of knowing unless God gave a sanctified reason, which is the name of this podcast, of course. You know, unless God gave a sanctified, that's a higher level of knowledge. And that's the only way we can know today about heaven and hell. And, and, but it's not some mystical thing that God just planted in our heart. It's something he's revealed in his word because his word is true. His word came from heaven. Uh, his word is, um, it presents reality. So I, I think on some of the people who are, you know, always harping about climate change, um, you know, they're, they're not all that different than Bible believing Christians who believe in heaven and hell and take God's word seriously. Um, in this sense, they're not all that different. Let me just make sure I'm clear. They're not that different in that they know that destruction's coming. They sense it, and it bothers them. And what we would say as Christians is, you know, it bothers us too. But the reason we're not obsessing over climate change is not because we don't care about pollution or we don't care about that. It's because you could save the planet and still lose your soul. And Jesus didn't die for the planet. He died for your soul. You know, he, you know, he, he died for your eternal welfare. So that's why we as Christians obsess on that because that ultimately, and, and God, God's got the other thing covered. I mean, whatever happens to this world at whatever point, you know, the earth and everything in it get burned up. Don't worry. God's going to have a, a, a better replacement. And, and whether the new heaven and the new earth, whether it looks anything like this planet or not, maybe it will, you know, in some ways, maybe it won't. But we're not going to care because we're going to be so high. You know, everybody wants to get high. Go to Colorado, smoke marijuana, get high. People want to do drugs. Let's do meth. Let's get high. Let's do, okay. Hey, you want to get high forever? Accept Christ as your Savior. How about that? Um. But, 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 you know, um, that, that doesn't appeal to the flesh, though, son. You know, um, it's like, I know I want to get high now. I want to be out of my mind now. Go, going back to our original topic, which is um, rather than guarding my heart for things that are eternal, guarding my heart for the gospel, I just want to feel good. So if that means in, engaging in any sort of sexual activity in which I feel good, any sort of drug in which I feel good. You know, getting drunk because it makes me feel good. But the Bible says do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So we all have to make a choice. Do I want God's fullness or do I want the world's fullness? Do I want material things? Do I want to chase after money and wealth? Um, or do I want the Lord? Do I want to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Do I want to see souls won? Or do I want to just enlarge my bank account? And then one day stand before the Lord and, and just hope things end up okay. Well, they won't. 
apart from Christ forgiving you, forgiving me. It goes back to this, and I'll leave it at this here, Son. It goes back to this. If you'll just say, wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. You know, there's a reason that you're listening to this podcast. I mean, God's allowing you to hear this today. Not, not because, you know, Son and I just have such a perfect handle on the Bible. Because, you know, whatever we know about the Bible, I mean, it's only because God has shown it to us. Just like he's shown it to millions of other Christians. But if you happen to be one of those who have not, you, you know, you haven't seen it yet. It's not been revealed to you. You don't have sanctified reason. The only way you're going to get that is for the Holy Spirit to come into your life into your heart when you receive Jesus as your Savior. And and God will come and inhabit your body and your soul, and your body will become a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you'll start to see and understand things that you did not understand because you did not have sanctified reason. You might be a very intelligent person. You may have an IQ far higher than, let's say, my IQ, Son's IQ, um, far higher. But it's not going to be your IQ that's going to get you into heaven and keep you out of hell. But the blood of Jesus will. When it gets applied to your sin, when you repent and believe the good news. And if you're driving down the road right now in a vehicle, in your car, your truck, if you're sitting at home, if you're you know listening to this on your computer, or if you're out at the lake and, and, and uh, you know, whatever you're doing right now, You can just reach out to God. You know, the Bible says, come near to God and he'll come near to you. Will you do that today, my friend? Will you make this summer a summer of change? Will you make today? Before we enter, before we enter the next month. You know, son, one of our uh, four kids today, uh, it's Hannah's birthday today on June 30th. So, So, you know, so we say now she's a year older. But, you know, for every listener, um, you're not going to get this day back. It's probably not your birthday today, but you're going to, you're tomorrow. You're, you're, you're going to be one day closer to eternity. Uh, one day closer to heaven or hell. And those are the only two options, but you can make your reservation today for heaven, but your name has to be in the Lamb's book of life. That's heaven's reservation book, as I like to call it. And the only way that happens is through the blood of Jesus. You know, in the book of Revelation, it says, um, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? These are they who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. You're going to need a white robe to get into heaven. That It's only going to happen through the blood of Jesus as it forgives your sin. You're going to need your name in heaven's reservation book, the book of life. That only happens by trusting Jesus as your Savior. But my friend, if you do that today, if you'll receive that free gift, then you'll be in. And one thing you're going to know is it's not a license to go out and freely sin, but it is a complete covering for your sin. And you'll be, you'll be good to go. And that way, if you were to die tonight in your sleep, you'll be good to go. You know, I've been handing out some Christian uh, materials here, um, as I often you know, like to do, but I, I've been giving this, uh, this life book to some people uh, lately with this little gospel tract in it, uh, with a guy standing at heaven's gate. But one of the things I, I've told some young people here in the last week or two is I, I like to say to them when I just talk to them for a moment, I give them that material and I say, hey, do you ever have bad dreams? Ever have nightmares? And I say, hey, do you know how to get rid of nightmares? And they say, no, how? I say, well, ask the blood of Jesus to guard your sleep at night. 
I said, you know, I've known a lot of people that that's worked for. But I said, the blood of Jesus doesn't just forgive your sins. It also will give you a good night's sleep. But, but you have to apply the blood. You've got to receive Christ. And, 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 and so, Sander, you know, a lot of people, they don't know what they don't know. I mean, all of us would be in that, in that situation. You, you, we'd have no clue what we don't know. And, and the horrible thing is when somebody lives their whole life not knowing the gospel, and then they die, they stand before the Lord, and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. It's like, why didn't someone tell me? Well, right now, my friend, you're, you're being told. You know, you're being told. Uh, if you need to go back and listen to this whole podcast today, again, I would highly encourage you to do it. Let it soak in. Let it soak in, but be very careful about ending this podcast and ending going to sleep tonight with your head on the pillow unless you've said, wash me, Jesus, in your precious blood, unless you've taken that, that step of faith. Um, because um, apart from that, none of, us, none of us can get into heaven. So there it is, son. I guess that's, uh, I guess that's kind of where I'll leave it. Well said, Dan. We appreciate it, as always, the time you spend with us. If you want to find out more or read more about it, you can always go to the christianpost.com, and you can enter in the search uh, area of that website and just put in his name, Dan Delzell, D-E-L-Z-E-L-L, and a lot of his articles will pop up. If you want to... Um, Listen to some more of these different podcasts that we have on Sanctified Reason. You can always go to RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Just click the uh, Sanctified Reason logo, and all of our shows pop up, and you can see what the category is or what the topic is, and you can kind of pick and choose what you want to uh, listen to. But, Dan, again, we appreciate it. Thank you for your time, and we look forward to many more of our conversations, God willing. And until next time, God bless.